Hello and welcome to another Not Chili podcast. Today Josh and I talk about video game remastering and its kind of value and its money. We kind of diverge into gameplay mechanics from the old into the new and then we spend a while talking about Red Dead Redemption. But this should be a relatively short one comparatively to other times. So just sit back and enjoy and thank you for being a part of this. Ah, so, so I want to talk and then I'll just listen. Fine, but if you don't, you don't have to talk about re-releases. No, fine. I just played through a bunch of them. <laughs> but you don't like you don't mind talking about? Them? No, not at all. As long as you think someone will like listen to it. I don't think anyone will listen to anything. Oh, then that's fine. Yeah, good. Not because like they hate us, but you know. I just think it's like it's it's definitely ground that has been treaded upon by many, 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 many people. But I find that people tend to bitch about them rather than looking... There we go. That's what I was thinking too. Like, I think that there's... I'm not going at this in an angle of... Yeah, the thing is, like, you have to start at what the actual beginning point for it is, right? Mm -hmm. And the actual beginning point isn't, hey, let's re-release that because those people like that game. The starting point of it is... It's going to cost us $120 million, $150 million to make a new entry in this franchise. Let's release a better version of a previous one. And see how it goes. And see how it goes, and then we can move on. So it's like an insurance policy. There's not that many examples of that method, right? Most of it is just they want to make money and sell you the same game again. They want you to have more content in that franchise. You know, more content in quotation marks. Uh, They want you to have more content in that franchise without it costing very much. Mm. And the cheapest way to do it is just to re-engineer what exists. Um, Whereas if you go in and make a whole new game, you're starting at a different point. So that's where the... that's. That's the base of it, you know, when they're making remakes or re-releases of any game. That's where it's coming from. To me, the remakes are... Um, it, yeah, it can't, that to me feels like it's worth more time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the re-release... I mean, this is this is why on Xbox, like, the backwards compatibility is so good because it makes the entire thing a useless exercise. Uh, it just plays the other thing better. Mm-hmm. Um so, the most recent things like that that I've played through, and I played through quite a lot of them. I played through um, uh, Halo 1 and 2. Uh, Halo 3 is relatively untouched in the Master Chief collection. Um, ODST is, you know, relatively untouched. Uh, so, is and Halo Reach is totally untouched. It's just the Xbox 360 code. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Halo 1 and 2. And it's quite interesting to see how differently they're handled. Mm-hmm. Um, Halo 2, like... They spent a fortune on the cutscenes. Like, they are legit cinema quality CGI avatar level cutscenes. Like, it is insane. Kind of um, like that. Um, there was that kind of like a trailer to Halo TSD. Remember the one that was kind of like almost like a short film? Oh, Reach. Yeah. Oh, Reach. It was yeah, Reach. It was directed by uh, Neil Blomkamp. And that was amazing. Yeah. It's how he got the job of being the director of the Halo film. Oh. Uh, which didn't happen, <laughs> which was being produced by Peter Jackson in New Zealand because New Zealand would have like not just the studio spaces, but also maybe some exteriors that they could use uh, for the film. So they were doing it all there. Microsoft and Universal, I think it was, fell apart. Um, 
as far as I know, they wanted more money for the budget and it was denied. And so the whole thing just sort of frazzled out and uh, Neil Blomkamp, as I understand, got a little bit depressed and was like, great, I've been here in New Zealand for 18 months in pre-prod for this, um, going home as a total waste. And Fran Walsh, Peter Jackson's partner, said to Neil Blomkamp, um, don't make it a waste. How about that short film that you made about the aliens in South Africa, like living in the slums? Um, could we do a feature of that? And he went, yeah, absolutely. And that's where District 9 comes from. Oh, my God. And Peter Jackson was involved in that? Yeah, he and Fran Walsh uh, produced it. That was a good movie. That was an awesome so movie. good. So I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> you know, I've only I've only ever seen it like a couple of times. Mm. I, it's, it's just because it's so emotionally gut-wrenching. I've, I've yeah, heard. that's why. It's yeah, really I'm not saying it's because it's bad or hard. It's just a really it's emotionally unpleasant. difficult film to watch. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's uh, gross. Yeah. Yeah, like, but, it, but it also, like, can't, I mean, for him, it really comes from that place of being someone whose culture was responsible for awful things um, up until, well, up until the night, you know, mid-90s. So, um, right. I don't know. I don't know his history, so I don't know where that comes he's from. He's a white South African. Oh, there you go. So. So, he's, he's seen it. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's the whole, the whole premise of it is, you know, this is how we use to treat black people. Not yeah, literally, yeah. they didn't use to like put them in medical, like you know, it's taken to the extreme. Yeah, of course. But I mean that that was the initial trail. You know, when the initial trailer for it dropped, people were getting tricked by the start of it because like they have all these South African people talking about these horrible people in the slums and blah blah blah. And then there was a black person, a black South African, saying, "Yeah, I hate them and I don't like them." Blah blah. blah. And you're sort of like, "Wait, what the fuck? What is this? Yeah, what's this documentary yeah. about?" <laughs> and, then, and then it's like aliens, blah blah, and you're like, oh, that's clever. But that's what I mean. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about like difference, and the you know just because the um, I don't remember the name of their race, but the aliens just because mm. the aliens like look different and are visually unpleasant to us doesn't mean that they're like less. Yeah, of course. You know, that's the yeah. whole premise of the thing, and that's how. And that's that's literally how South Africa's government used to operate. It was, Jesus. you know, that's the concept of apartheid: is that you um, have people living in your country, in your jurisdiction, but they are um, not given access to any of the legal. Uh, they have no rights and no ability to vote and all that kind of stuff. Jeez. Um, they did have rights, but like, not in the. They had black rights. <laughs> had separate rights. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's not... So that's where Neil Blomkamp comes from, which is exactly related to HD remakes. That's right. Um, yeah, so anyway, cut all that out. And the... Um, <laughs> oh, no, maybe. I don't know. So it's still interesting. The So that they're the ones like... The ones that I've played are Halo 1, Halo 2, uh, God of War 1, God of War 2, um, Zelda, mm-hmm. uh, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, yeah. Wind Waker. Oh, God. I'm just counting the dollars. Um, see, the primary... Diff- oh, Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Um, There's a few that I've done too. What have I got? I've got, uh, obviously, Ocarina of Time. I've got the Uncharted series, which is three games. Uh, I've got... Oh, yeah, Uncharted. Crash yeah. Bandicoot. Last of Us. Last of Us. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh yeah, Metal Gear Solid. Well, you didn't. You you bought the, the remakes, thing. but you didn't buy the original. Yeah. So when yeah. you like the cards on the table, I never bought Halo One or Two. Never, never paid to play them. So I don't mm. have a problem with paying to play them. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, I was a kid when I played them. Uh, because I, I played them on PC, 
And um, uh, I never played all of more than an hour and a half of Ocarina of Time. Never played any of Majora's Mask. Uh, never mm. played any of the God of War series. Uh, so never played any of Metal Gear Solid. Like I tried a few times to start it and I played the demo a lot of times on PS1, but aside from that, I hadn't played any of it. Mm. Um, so I didn't go out buying stuff to re-experience. Uh, Wind Waker, never played that. Um, I didn't go out buy, buy, to buy stuff to re-experience. I went out to buy stuff um, to discover what I missed out on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's worked out like 99% of the time. The only one that I own that I haven't played through is uh, Twilight Princess. Um, and that's that was a really hard one to get at the time. I'm sure if you went through my Steam library, you'd see duplicates in games that I've purchased and games that have been remade or like that I've that I've yeah, done. Yeah, so I've repurchased stuff, but like they're not remakes. Yeah, like that yeah. to me is different. You know, like on, on Steam, I have Bioshock updated or whatever it's called uh one and two but that came for free because i owned all the bioshock games yeah yeah so there there are things like that the only one i've ever bought and then i gave it to you because i was like i don't like this i don't want to play it was um ico and uh shadows of the Colossus. yeah yeah which i still haven't played um good work yeah. it's like you've waited so long they're on ps4 now yeah i know um, i have oh my god <laughs> uh yeah so i don't i don't have a problem with them I have a problem with them when it's things like uh, on an individual basis. For example, there's one called like Rogue Trooper or something. Apparently, it was an okay selling game on like PS2. Mm. And they've re-released it for like Switch and stuff like that. And it just got horrendous reviews because they were like, this was average at the time. And now it's like just lazily been upgraded in graphics. And There's know, always examples of that kind of shit um, though. Like- totally. Or another one. Uh, remember like... What are we in? Like the sixth or seventh year of them developing uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, mm. and apparently they restarted it a year ago. Like, oh really? Why? Yeah. Just put the fucking game in a new engine. It's not that complicated. Yeah. Like, well, it probably is more complicated. <laughs> no, of course, than, of yeah, course yeah. it is. But the thing is, like, it, it doesn't have to be. No. Particularly for that game, like either remake it in that stunning way of pre-rendered backgrounds where you have animated characters moving through, which everyone loved. And it, that's why those games looked so ridiculously amazing. Was it For the time. Well, a lot of it I still ha- holds up because of the pre-rendered stuff. Like, it's re- it's high-resolution pre-rendered stuff. And then the character models are the only thing that's low-poly low because they're the mm. only 3D thing in the frame. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> so, oh, they look terrible, those characters. Uh, and like Zelda had, you know, Ocarina of Time used uh, sections like that uh, with the when you run into uh, the Hyrule Castle mm-hmm. um, when everyone's dead. I think it's only when everyone's dead, but it might be both. Oh yeah, yeah. Like no, no, no. It's not just when everyone's dead. Yeah, it's that's when alive as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. got fixed camera angles. Yeah. All of the backgrounds are pre-rendered. The characters are three D, but. All the backgrounds are yeah, pre-rendered. That's how you do a big town, right? Because um, yeah, it's, it's either a- that or animate the shit out of it, which would have been way more... Oh, yeah. Powerful. Or just make it like a tenth the size. Mm. And, yeah, it'd be a nightmare. So, yeah, do that beautiful pre-rendered stuff. So, you can do it. But it's just like, I don't understand why Why not just invest all that same money into mm. making the next Final Fantasy. Like, they're just trying to build up something to then tap into your nostalgia veins rather than coming up with something to give you a new experience but like, we're in an era of that that's kind of where we're at now 
or a kind of I don't, yeah, all that member berries stuff and all that member berry, stuff, like oh, like the South Park season that they had, you know, member. Oh uh, right, right. It's all about nostalgia, and I agree with that to one extent, but like nostalgia is a toxic, poisonous, awful thing, and uh, you because you want to re-experience something and it's impossible. Mm. So, um, in terms of media consumption. Uh, for me, films, like, I'll have nostalgia about them, but the problem is most of those, I destroyed those films by overwatching. When it comes to video games, though, you think, wow, that was such a great gaming experience, and then you go to play it again, and you realize, wow, gaming has come a long way. Yeah. Because a game doesn't stand up the same way as a film can stand up, because a film has narrative conventions that mm. will uh, tie to you either dramatically or there'll be a level right where it connects to you so it's like star wars like the original star wars and you go wow there are bits of this that like really don't look good look good now mm. but it doesn't matter well it's like it's, it's totally interesting irrelevant. you say that because it reminds me of crash Bandicoot. it's the the new that re-released which obviously i bought as well and i i played a lot of crash Bandicoot 2 i'm pretty sure i owned two and three um i don't think i actually played through three but i got it really cheap because i never had a playstation one properly anyway point being is that they released that game and part of the criticism was you're like this game's too hard or this game you know like that's what i don't like about it they they, mm. they kept too much of the stupid shit that was not they kept too much of the stuff that wasn't good about the original one in an effort to not like to be genuine to the original totally. yeah. but i think it makes it a worse game which is why like i gave it to Stu the other day yeah, yeah. Said, just take it i don't want it and then Should have given it to me. Um, <laughs> he gave it back. <laughs> oh, I'll borrow it. He did, he did exactly. He was like, "Yeah." So, uh, turns out that like there's a lot of dumb shit in that game, and I was like, "Yeah," particularly with hitboxes. Like, it just doesn't. There's so many bits where if it was Mario and you landed on the edge of something, you were on the edge. I gotta play that. Not one. in Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, I'll borrow. Not in Crash Bandicoot. You'll land on the edge and then for some reason slide backwards and off. Why? That's not bad gameplay. That's not bad platforming. That's just bad fucking hitboxes. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And that's the part that makes me really angry. And it doesn't move. It doesn't... I don't feel slick because of that. And I don't feel like I can move through this world. I feel like I have to stop before every jump and be like, hmm. three, two, one, go. See you know what the real answer is? You're just not good enough. Like, And that's weird to say, but it, it's like a patience thing. Um... And that's not because the game was crafted that way. It was the limitations of the time uh, uh, and its flaws. You can't say that. Look what at the Because look at the precision of Super Mario 64. Like, it's not the limitations of the time. Uh, I didn't play enough of Super Mario 64 to be able to It's like cool. pinpoint act. If you land on, like, a pixel, it's like, there you go. Well, that might be the, the opposite effect. Like, they, they're kind of, like, the hitboxes on Mario might be giving you more. Whilst the hitboxes and Crash Bandicoot might be giving you less, mind you, think of the fact but that they Crash give Bandicoot- they, they seem to give less than what is visu- the visual information provides. It's like if I land on it and I can see that my feet are on something, why am I sliding off of it? Yeah, well, if, if I'm not mistaken, Crash Bandicoot One was a garage game. It was a game that was made up in the garage. No, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, no, it was made at Universal um, lot in LA. Are you sure? Hundred percent. All right. I want to do more research on this, but you tell me. I just read the entire, uh, not, really? not just recently, but when that remake came out, I read the, like, uh, the someone, had, someone had, like, a gigantic essay on the development of the original game. Um, it was really interesting, uh, particularly, like, to the point, uh, 
yeah, some really cool stuff, particularly about like, I think there was only one woman working there and it was like this total shift in the environment and stuff like that when she started working. I think she was a uh, designer or something. Yeah, I was um, under the impression it was just a couple of people that made this game. Oh, it was like five or six, but it wasn't a garage thing. They they were they were backed by Universal and Sony. Right. Um, it Maybe was. the pitch was, or is there nothing about it that was kind of garagey? Uh, no, they they had a pitch, but basically what happened was they got to the point that Sony just went, ah, we need a Mario. Yeah, yeah, that, was that, that was that era. So it was never like, oh, we're doing this for nothing in the backyard. It was never that. They had all, all the resources in the universe. And I don't, and, and not to take away from the brilliance of what they did, mm. it's just that, like, there's a difference between a small team rushing through and putting something through and someone looking at something and going, all right, we should update more than just graphics. We should make it so that it actually adheres to the modern standards. Because there is a difference between difficulty and bullshit. And, oh, like, yeah. I just really find the platforming in Crash Bandicoot to be bullshit. Um, <laughs> I really feel like he's just, um, yeah, I just feel like the visual information tells you, like, yes, you've landed on that thing, but you're sliding off and falling down the thing. Uh, I don't know. Nuts. I think it's a little bit like um, Dark Souls for me. It's, I mean, I understand that it's really frustrating, and I remember I was playing with Laura recently, and I was, oh, I don't know, man, but I was like 15 is, tries on something. I think that that's intentional. Like, Dark Souls is intentional. Well, no, but the remakes are intentional. No, the remake is intentional, but, like, I but, just think that you can tidy it up. Well, my point is is that I think the remakes were intentional to do that, and the, the original was difficult and problematic in that respect, which made it challenging. Because once you develop... Once you get through that barrier in, the, in Crash Bandicoot, once you start developing a rhythm then you realize the game is not, it's not necessarily about just getting from end to end. It is about repetition. It is about mastering, you know, like including no, no, no. Yeah, I those, those like, kind of flaws. I've, I've played a lot of the remake. Like mm. I've played a lot and from each of the three games. Because the difference between um, that and um, uh, Rayman Legends. Now for me, Rayman Legends, I, was, I had a great time doing, but it was incredibly lenient of a game. It was kind of the fun of it was just the fun of it. There were some levels that were like, oh my God, but it was, it, it kind of just, it pulled your hand through it. Even when the levels were hard, the, the, the respawn point would just be like, and you just go again, and you just go again, and you just go again until you get it. Whilst with Crash Bandicoot, it, it's a lot more, when you really fuck something up, if you fuck it up three times because you've only got three lives, then that's it. You're back to the beginning. You're back that's to That's fine, you but I think that very often it's like not the player fucking it up. I think it's just bad hitboxing and stuff like that. I think it's just got rough edges mm. around it, which is why, like, if you skip straight forward to the third one, I find that the third one is by far the easiest one because they've done a better job. <laughs> like the first, the first, the first one, one was very like, difficult. Yeah. The second one, the second one to me, I don't like the, how the hub world works. I just, I just find it ugly. But the, but the f first one in particular just gets to points where it's like. It's a combination of that, and I think that a lot of things particularly... They rely too heavily on the, you're going to die a few times, but then you'll figure it out. That's... I've never liked that attitude towards any type of video game. Mm -hmm. It should be, 
you do something, then there's a response and you understand what the pattern is. You don't have to die 50 times in Ocarina of Time to figure out what a boss is doing. Did you play Super Meat Boy? Uh, I played like 10 minutes of it. I mm-hmm. hate anything like that. Yeah, it's a similar kind of mentality. Though it's a little bit more engineered. Oh, no, a little no, bit. See, I think that you're putting... A, I think that you're like stamping something on Crash Bandicoot that was not the intention of... No, I know that. I know that I am stamping something on Crash Bandicoot that wasn't the intention, but it was that the, the reason why people fell in love with it, with it was because of that mistake. That's I what I think. think so. I think people fell in love with it because of a cool character and bright colours. Oh, you could be right. I, I just... Like, uh, that's Honestly, that's why I don't think... I don't think that it was like... If that was the case then, you know, like... Crash Team Racing would have been brutally difficult for reasons that don't make sense. Well, I, I would argue the opposite. Game. I would say that if that was the case and it was bright colours and, and fun, then Crash Team Racing would have been a lot more successful. It was quite successful. Well, not particularly. I'm pretty sure it was. All right. Google, where are you? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it sold really well. I didn't think it did at all. I thought it was a flop. They made like, what, two of them or some shit? Uh, no, Naughty Dog made one of them. Yeah, yeah. They had that and a fighting game, but the fighting game fell flat because they wanted like a Smash style thing as far as I know. But as far as I thought, I thought um, Crash Team Racing for an exclusive like sold really well. Um, God, there were so many of them. Team Racing? Yeah. CTR, bro. CTR, bro. Single player doesn't actually say how much it did. Reception. Here we go. 88 out of 100. 8.4, that's not a bad fucking rating. Generally favorable reviews. All right, I strike my comments before. I thought, you know what? I shouldn't just judge on my own experience. Well, you see, the difference is no one talks about that game the same way they talk about Mario Kart 64 to this day. Mm. Whereas, like, at the time, my understanding is it did really well. Um, It just didn't have... Crash never had that lasting impact, but he also didn't have like, what, 15 years of lead up time. Yeah. And they also, the the company walked away from it. Like intentionally because they wanted to grow with their audience. Oh, totally. That was their strategy. People who like are the best people in the world for destroying anything. What do you mean? Well, it got sold to Activision. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, they did butcher it. And they did yeah, like, stretch it. Yeah, they released it. a game like every six seconds. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> I remember that. It was like, oh, there's one new on PlayStation 2. Because I, like, I remember playing like Crash Team Racing on um, PSP. I was so excited about it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I got into it. I just went, why didn't they just put Crash Team Racing on PSP? Why has it got this like weird story and hub world and this and that? It's like, just let me fucking race. It's so weird. Like, why wouldn't you it. just go, here's the formula it's working, boom. No, Activision has to get in the way of it. Yeah, you know, then everything. I don't know how Call of Duty is still going. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. 13 year old boys. Yeah. That's you never run they... out of, you never run out of them. There's yeah, always that's more. Right. Um, but yeah, and so I think, like, I, I think that to me, I really do think that you should clean up the game. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and you can do that without destroying the artists uh you know the original creators intentions yeah no see i i think you're right about the fact that it was um unintentional hitboxing flaws that made it like frustrating but 
in the same vein, I think that that's become the culture of it a little bit. And that's what's made it... I mean, it's it's doing pretty well at the moment with all these flaws. With it, and, it, and the flaws have been meticulously confronted in today's day and age. And yet they're not... Yeah. Potentially not changing them. Uh, the thing that I find interesting is like how... Like anecdotally, for instance, on the PlayStation group I'm in on Facebook, like you should just... The posts about it on there are just quite similar to what I've said to be honest, like a lot of people just being like, um, I've never played Crash Bandicoot before. What the fuck? Like, and yeah. some of that and people just posting like, yeah, it was always like that. Yeah. And um, you know the thing as well, I remember they, they came out with the, there was like a, when it first came out, there was this whole controversy about the slight difference in him jumping. It was like something about a height that he could achieve or like a way that he jumped. And it was like a slight fraction of a second different and they feel like that broke the game. That's, that's how, that was the mentality of the people playing it. They wanted it so similar that that little slight fraction was enough to trip them off. But this is my thing, is that I think that my perspective on these remakes and stuff like that is not about the nostalgia trip. It should be about accessing a new audience. That's, that's, to me, that's the only reason they should exist. How very producer of you. Huh? How very producer of you. No, a producer would say the opposite because they want to make a product that makes money. Well, that's like, what I'm saying, but that's what you want to do as a, as a producer. You want a product that makes money and reaches a new audience. No, I'd want it to do both. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I'm saying screw the shitty hitboxing and screw the feel that I had before exactly, update it to today's standards and have people play it. Because no, it's not like that. it's going to cause some massive new rise of games of that type coming out. If they make a new Crash Bandicoot game, it is not going to have that stuff in it. can guarantee it. Because the data that they've pulled of all the hitboxing and all that kind of stuff is would be from the base game. Hmm. That's how they do it when with these remakes. They don't like... Um, for example, Bluepoint, who did... Um, so much. Yeah, they've done a lot of, of, of these remakes, but including like um, Shadow of the Colossus. the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus, the way that that remake works, the PS4 remake, so not the mm. HD upresing, the remake, the way that remake works is the all the original code from the first game, mm. the entire engine is running the whole time. And then they've laid their engine on top. That seems cumbersome. It's the only way that they, they said, like, you either spend tens and tens of millions of dollars more remaking this game, or you pull the original code, create an interface, piece of interface software where our engine can understand their engine, and then go through and do that. Um, and then, like, what, tweak the bugs between the two interfaces? Oh, tons of bug fixing and all that kind of stuff. But they said, like, for example, like, one of the best examples that they talked about um, was that he has, like, teeth around a belt in mm-hmm. Shadow of the Colossus as he goes around. I'm pretty sure it's around his waist. Um, and the way that they move is, like, beautifully hand-animated in um, the original PS2 game. Right. So they did it with physics simulation for the PS4 during uh, Alpha. And they just said it didn't look right. Not that it didn't look right. Like, it looked beautiful like mm. it looked amazingly simulated 
but it didn't look like the original game. And so they pulled the code through. And so the code that makes his teeth, the teeth around his waist move around in the PS4 game is literally the code that some Japanese guy coded back when it was being developed for PS2. It's the same piece of code. So they've come up with this really great interface of doing that type of stuff. But the thing is, they've also cleaned up rough edges. Mm. Um, And so I think that it's, it's interesting that you sort of need to have this underlying originality to it to then put stuff on top of. Um, and that's the only reason why it's like financially viable mm-hmm. whereas the way that they're doing for Final Fantasy 7 from all reports is like make it the same type of game as the latest Final Fantasy but with, that story yeah, it's yeah. like that's not but that's like a total that's like saying Battlestar Galactica the you know sci-fi show and Battlestar Galactica the original show are like you know remakes it's not. It's a total and utter like reimagining of the concept. Yeah. Um. So I think it's it it does. It just depends on how it's done. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the if you're lucky enough for it to just be moving from like PS3 to PS4, you just need to do some resolution touching and a few other things. Although I did watch a thing recently about the difference between the graphical difference between PS3 and PS4 for the Uncharted original trilogy. Mm. They did a lot more work than I thought they did. Um, well, you were saying when you, when you played it, that's what made me want to get it. Like, it's a game changer. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't just copy paste. It's it very... feels like a different game. Yeah. That, the remake version is superior. And it's mm. because they tweaked it. Mm. They tweaked the, the, the game. They made the gunplay better. Uh, in the first one, they got rid of all that six-axis bullshit. Um, uh, yeah. They uh, cleaned up the visuals significantly, which I, mm. I thought they were just up it. I thought they were just changing it from 720 to 1080, and they were increasing it to 60 frames a second. But uh, they went way beyond that. Um, mm. And it's really interesting to, to, to see them do things like that um, and how that process... I get, so for me, it's that because of that experience i'm okay with those games being replayed for me replaying uncharted is not nostalgia at all not an ounce of it it's re-watching a film mm-hmm. because that's what those ones are um and you know i just replayed the hd remake of um well just played for the first time the hd remake of last of us mm. and um i liked it a lot more the second time um mostly because you know way less bullshit controls and it was it was really really well done, uh, but that game for me is like I you know I'm never gonna play that again. Um, it's that doesn't even fall into like a nostalgia category where like uh, if if I'm on Steam or something I'll like buy some old 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 game because I imagine myself re in, you know re experiencing that lovely old experience. Mm. Um, I well sorry I don't do that anymore. I would before. Oh yeah no I've I've got to. I'm not gonna play that. <laughs> I've got such a stupidly large collection of games that I should be playing, but I'm not. Um, and I'm okay with it now. should be playing. It's like learn and don't buy old shit again. Yeah, that's exactly that's right. Exactly it, right? Yeah. So, you know, like the, the other day I rebought, I told you I rebought uh, Republic Commando because it's mm. been like backwards compatible added for Xbox One, right? Uh, and I immediately played the first two levels. There's only like seven levels in that game. It's a short game. But like I just immediately started playing it because I'm like, I'm not... Like Last of Us, the HD remake of that, um, or you know, re, whatever of that, um, 
it must have been like 18 months at least between you know probably two years between when i bought it like a cheap code on amazon mm. and when i played it and i'm just i'm not in for that stuff anymore if i no. get something that's like are you gonna play it today no then why are you buying it well that's exactly right. <laughs> i my rule in my head is always no matter what this is gonna get cheaper bar a few examples oh totally and so i'm like if i'm and like you said if i'm not gonna play it it's gonna get cheaper like Spider-Man coming out tomorrow for PS4. I think it's. I think it, I saw a sign that says out today. Uh, it's def- the release is definitely tomorrow. Okay, well there you go. Uh, no, one, no one cares because it's, they're going to get this like when it's already released. Um, and I'm gonna like. I'm not buying that. I mean, it looks amazing. I mean, I'm gonna buy. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna buy it. That game. But, but I'm like, gonna wait six months when it's like twenty five bucks or yeah, some shit. Same with God of War. Like, yeah. I definitely want to play that Look at, at some point. Infam- oh, is it the same company that did Infamous or the same company that did... Yeah, Infamous. Yeah. Infamous and stuff, yeah. So like, Oh, no, sorry, it isn't. It's, it's um, the other one, right? Sucker Punch is Infamous. Yeah, Sucker Punch is Infamous. And is, these are the guys that did, like, um, Resistance and stuff like that, wasn't it? Yeah, Resistance. And they, they weirdly did the first Xbox One exclusive, um, Sunshine something. Uh, and oh, sunshine! Oh my god, sunshine stream or sunshine sun, uh, overdrive, sunset, yeah, sunset overdrive, yeah, yeah, which I yeah. heard was really good. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never even seen it, which is, um, which is what they talk about. I was listening to a talk about it, and it's like, well, we made sunshine, you know, overdrive, sunset overdrive, and then we. Which made us able to build an engine that would work for Spider Man. Not that they, they we knew they were going to do Spider Man, but they they made. Do they make Ratchet and Clank? Yes, yeah. that's the same company. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Yeah, is that is that realm of company? But still, like, and they're they're PlayStation exclusive, aren't they? Except for except for yeah. So um, I think they've been independent now. Yeah. So they're a second party. Was that the company that used to be like, like? shoulder to shoulder with Naughty Dog in like the same building for years when they were starting up and then they kind of eventually like this they've always known each other they've always kind of yeah they're, they're a second party developer where essentially like Sony comes to you and says um you know we don't own you but um we'll give you all the money you yeah need. make games for our platform only thank you yeah. um whereas like Naughty Dog I believe is majority stakeholder ownership by Sony or something oh really mm-hmm I mean, it makes sure it sense. Is. You're probably right, but I could be wrong. But yeah, we should probably look that shit up. But yeah, which relates to HD. Re- <laughs> no, no, it does. Well, it doesn't relate to HD remakes necessarily, but it does relate to like money spending on video games. Like, where do where do we see value in in spending money? Yeah, and I mean, like, it's the thing that's become really interesting is um, you know, one of my favorite things to watch on YouTube is Digital Foundry. Mm. Those people. Um, you know, those four guys, they really look in depth at how things are executed and they know things about this tech that I'm just like, what? Um, and I love it. It's, it's really fascinating under the hood stuff. And, um, one, one of the things I find really interesting is how they talk a lot at the moment, like say Battlefield 1, which I get into Battlefield 1. It's like the graphics in games have gotten so good now that I boot that game up and I go, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? What you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it runs at, like, 60 FPS 4K with, like, full anti-lazing and everything on Ultra. Like, oh, yeah, cool. Because we are so focused on gameplay now, Mm. which is fucking great. Yeah, yeah. But it's that thing of, like, it's not that thing anymore of going, oh, my God, I want to play the new Call of Duty because did you see that video where the Eiffel Tower comes down? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's quite a last-generation reaction. And this generation was like, look at the graphics. Like, 
you know, Last of Us, it's like, or Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, or Last of Us 2, it's like you look on and you go, my God, the graphics are incredible. But that is not what is making me play those games. No. That's um, particularly Red Dead Redemption 2, which is like, I just have to, like, that's why I'm playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 1 at the moment on Xbox, because it's like, first of all, I really, I played so much of that game, but realized I mainlined it hardcore. Like, I just did a lot of random world events i think that's where mm. i spent a lot of my time but i didn't do like uh and i used to do like a lot of wanted posters and stuff like that but i didn't go uh, you know the strangers in the journal yeah, like it has yeah. the, and the strangers thing i didn't do many of those yeah. um probably like a few of them um and so this time i'm like going around and just finding all the strangers and doing all the different stuff and uh, i suck at poker but like going through and like nah, i didn't do that stuff doing the well not to play it but because there's side missions related to the poker and stuff uh, like that right, right. so doing that and learning the different gambling games and i didn't and do much um dueling either that's not oh, I've done a lot of that. I don't do that. Hey, come over here, you fucking poos rag, or like whatever they're saying. They say, <laughs> yeah, they say like fucking really fucked up, and it's so oh, like, actually... and the guy in Armadillo is like epically anti-Semitic, like, oh really, like so yeah. You walk in, and he's like, yeah, no, anyway. So, you know what I'm worried about at the moment, man? Yeah, those Jews taking over this country. That's why I'm that. Like he says oh, so shit. many different things about that, uh. um, which like I really. I actually appreciate a lot because I'm like, yeah, awesome. Don't hide from like that shit. How messed up it was and how yeah. messed up people look. Yeah. Well, like know. walking along and you see like a guy beating up a, a you know, a, a, a prostitute essentially. Mm. And it's like, you can intervene. You can stop that person. And that's the thing I like about that game is that I didn't, I sort of middled it, you know, depending on my mood. Whereas this time I'm like, no, John Marston's trying to be a, you know, Marston is trying to be a better person. And um, so now I'm like really like on the high, you know, honorable and getting really famous. And it's like, you'll be walking down the street and they're like, oh my God, you're John Marston. You did that thing. Wow. Whereas if you go right in the other end, they're like, oh, John Marston, oh my God. Whereas before as I walked down the street and they'd just be like. <laughs> yeah, that game had a good ending. And I, and I uh, didn't uh, change my clothes. Oh. I literally never changed my house. I got a poncho or something. Yeah. I yeah. never changed my clothes for a whole playthrough. And then I was at Ian's house one time looking at his on his Xbox and I just went, How, How did you get all the outfits? I'm just gonna get home real quickly. <laughs> yeah. And it turned out it was just it was just like uh, you um you just do the side activities, the challenges. And it will unlock things. You just go to certain places and do certain things and all that kind of stuff. It's stupid. Like, the system, you should just go to a shop and buy outfits. Mm. But it's like you have to unlock certain things by doing certain it's things. It's what we so. call gla- gameplay, Josh. Uh, it's, yeah, it's what we call, like, uh, you know, what is it? Gameplay. Time fat or whatever. Yeah. But it's just, there's not many games in my life where I'm happy to have sitting on a horse, or walk through a town at the slowest speed possible. Because that's the coolest and nicest way to play it. <laughs> like, um, did, did you see that? Because it's going off a tangent. Did, did you see that, like, GameStop and EB stuff were, like, shown half an hour of Red Dead gameplay? No. And these GameStop people are, like, um, someone posted, like, yeah, so just saw the Red Dead demo, literally fell asleep. Uh, and uh. stuff like that. And then these other people came on and were, like... Um, who were there and then EB staff who went to the Australian one and they, and and one of them said like just I just sorry I just want to put in context by the way like 
this person might have a bad attitude about it. But um, I, for instance, will tell you, like, we had been at this retail gaming event thing where we'd been shown game trailers for, like, four days straight, and we Mm. hadn't had very much sleep, and it was, like, a convention get-together, and we were having late nights and stuff like that, and, yeah, there were tired people, and they showed us basically just a sort of walking around part of the game. And it's the type of part, it's a part of the game that looks boring and would be really great to play. Mm. Um, and that was the thing. Like, as soon as I said that, I saw them say, like, oh, and they fell asleep. I was like, yes, I'm so excited. Before I read that guy's comment. Yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> as, because I was like, the thing I loved about the first game was just walking around and looking at the world and feeling like a, like being a, a being a cowboy. Yeah. Like, it's such, it's such a fantasy. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that for me, like the type of person that I am, if I lived in that time, like I'd be dead because that's not the type of personality that I no. have. I don't have this like, I'm going to go around and punch people and cut people and shoot things and live on the land and, and you know, be an asshole. Like I don't, I, I, I would be like, uh, I'm just probably going to stay inside actually. Yeah. It's really cold out I'm gonna there. I'm going to play some video games. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to play whatever, some kind of like chess against myself. <laughs> That's what was around then. Yeah, so it's like a total, like, for me, it's like a really intense fantasy. It's like very close to, like, Jedi level type of stuff. But whereas a Jedi sort of open world walking around game, like... It'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it'd be very good, to be honest. But, but like, a cowboy is a cowboy. You know, Mm. just walking along. and, And the fact that they added buttons for so many things, like to be able to pull out your gun and put it back at any time. Yeah. um, yeah. Really little things like that, um, that sound silly, but they make a big difference because they impact on the world. So, like, you pull your gun out, people, whoa! Yeah. Some of that. And so that's why I'm really looking forward to the second game. Like, uh, it's one of those games where I don't mind there being time fat in it. For instance, uh, in this one, like, when you kill an animal and you skin it, in the new one, you then have to, um, or you can, I think it is. You have to drag its carcass to the... Yeah, to the horse, put it on the horse, take it to whatever, blah, blah, blah. And say say that's like, um, you know, what's that space game that's pissed me off now, but... Uh, Mass Effect? <laughs> trying to think what space game you're talking about. The one that's like been in, you know, like crowdfunding for a million years. Oh my God, Star uh, Citizen? Star Citizen. So in that one, it's like there's an animation for everything and I'm yeah. just like, let me into the ship. I understand that this is immersive, but leave me alone. Yeah. I just want to fly and then I want to go to the shop and then I want to fly. I don't want to have like... 40 minutes of walking in between. That's why you play No Man's Sky. Right? And that's the same thing. Like, in terms of, like, enjoying things. Yeah. Experience fantasy. That's right. Uh, Whereas, like, in that game, I'm like, okay, I don't have a problem, like, putting the carcass on the horse and getting on the horse and going away. Because it's like, just going out and, you know, hunting uh, and, and, and using it properly and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's really exciting to me. I don't know. The one thing I really hope that there is, because they've gone further back in time, I really hope they have like Native Americans and stuff in it. That'd be so cool. Do you know what's really funny? You know, like we were talking before about um, what you hate watching. Speculation. Oh, no, I'm not. Spe- I'm So I'm not speculating. I'm just saying what I hope <laughs> is in it. I'm being a and, jerk. Yeah. You know, you no, know, because you're saying what, like, you are just talking about being excited about something, but the better kind of like it's funny. No, I'm not speculating. I, I won't speculate at all. What's the only thing I'll say is like, uh, I'm gonna love that game. Like, I, mm. you know, it's apparently like the world size is like the size of GTA Five or a bit bigger, and. Um, oh, but I want it to be double the size. 
I wanted to take four days to walk from one side yeah, of the map life, to the other. Eh? Like, because I was going around and when I thought about it, I went, oh, that's right. The world of Red Dead Redemption 1 is like really small. Mm. And when I got into the game, I just went, no, it's not. Man, there is so much to do. Yeah. And it's so big. And, and like, if you just the other day, yeah, like I was, when I was playing the other day, I decided, oh, I want to, I need to send uh, an email or I need to do something. I can't remember what it was. And so I got like a chariot from one side of the world yeah. to the other and yeah. just left it going in real time. And I just came back and it was like, you know, 15 minutes later, I went, all right, cool. Well, that was a funny thing about GTA 5 because I remember playing that online and you don't get the kind of like fast traveling luxuries like you do in single player. Yeah. And I, and we got that bunker all the way on the other side of the map. Yeah. We're like, oh, screw it. And then every time you have to do a mission, it's like a 15 <laughs> fucking minute drive. It's like, no matter what mission it is, it's going to take you an extra 15 minutes than it would normally. And it's painful. I, th I think for me, the setting is the thing that makes it. It's like, mm. I can walk around in the real world anytime. Yeah. But like, I can't go into a Western fantasy anytime. And, and that that for me is, is the thing that makes all the things happening around you better. But also because of the nature of the time setting of the GTA series, particularly GTA 5, However, you're moving from point A to point B, you're moving at such a rate, and this is this is this is speculation, but go in, for it. In retrospect, and having experienced the game, I don't think that the engine, uh, because it was bound by the you know PS3, Xbox 360 hardware, as in terms of the base code, I don't think that that engine is really capable of producing many random events because you're moving, you're moving, you're moving a minimum eighty kilometers an hour through the world right mm. and so you're just moving through the loading stuff so quickly that it doesn't ever seem to be like oh my god there's this over the side oh my god there's this when you walk around it does but in red dead redemption you're moving so slowly mm. that it can have time to produce so many random events and that's one of the gameplay aspects i love about g about red dead compared to gta is that gta feels full it does not feel alive to me GTA 5 or just GTA yeah, in general? GTA 5, I don't walk... When I walk down the street, which is almost never because you want to get from A to B as fast as possible in the coolest car, um, <laughs> I don't ever feel like that person across the street is a real person because um, their activity doesn't convince me. Whereas, like, Red Dead Redemption, it's like I'm walking around and it just feels like people... Because there's so fewer people in Red yeah. Redemption, that they can put more resources into it. And when you think about it, GTA V is running an updated version of the Red Dead Redemption engine or similar engine to really? it. Really? Um, I, I thought it was a new engine. That was the whole point of GTA V. No, it was, well, it's the same engine that's been, like, upgraded. Like, oh, the next step. well, that makes sense, I guess. Um, a little code. And... See, I really like GTA V for that. I, I, you know, I, I do agree with you that there's kind of Red Dead Redemption had it on GTA Five, but there, it felt like there was a lot more stories going on. But I did really like walking around in GTA when you had those moments where you, you know, you were trying to be less conspicuous, and then you just hear someone on the phone, someone having a bitch about this, and maybe an argument happening across the street, and then a cop car goes by. Like, I still felt like the city was pretty alive. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's just that thing of, like, I don't have the fantasy of walking down the street in that game. Yeah, I, I lost that fast, I want to be in the fast car in that game. Whereas in Red Dead Redemption, I'll walk down the street and, like, have someone intimidate me and be like, you know, pull out a pistol and be like, what up? Um, 
that's the stuff I love about Red Dead. Is so that, of the era. Is <laughs> what up? What up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that's what I love about that game. I, I, yeah. Anyway, I should stop it there. Yeah, it's I so about Red Dead. Well, you know that's true. When we, when it comes out, we should totally do like a big talk about it. When is it coming out? Twenty sixth of October. Not that oh, I'm paying attention. Not at all. What time? Um, what time on the twenty sixth of October? So like, whenever I fucking knock down the door at JB. <laughs> uh, I just part of. I'm so annoyed because like I'm so anti pre ordering, and yeah. so, and I just I'm just surely they won't run out of copies. Even if they it's do, then who cares? Everywhere on the first day. If no, it, I, 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 ha- I. Wow, well, you sound I'm like going to be crazy. Like I, I have to play this game. I am so in, in like obscenely excited for this game. Um, it's like I would say, Breath of the Wild and Crisis would be sort of the only other two things I'm in super amped for. And one of the things I really love is they're redoing their Red Dead Redemption One video series um they did a video series uh so like pre-launch video tutorial or like world explainers Mm. um and they were so cool so and they i don't think they've released anything but the first one and it was that like gameplay video thing but it was so funny because i didn't see anywhere that anyone mentioned that they did this for red dead redemption one so they went through and it's like uh they talk about topics they go in the world of Red Dead Redemption, Rockstar has wanted you to experience blah, blah, blah. And then they'll go, for example, hunting. And then they'll like just do a video that's all about like I do hunting and challenges and stuff like that. And that's it. And then there'll be another two-minute video that comes out and it shows you. And it just makes you go, oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to do that. And I read, they're all on YouTube. So I just rewatched them like uh, recently and I just went... No one, like, for open world stuff, like, why didn't they do this marketing for GTA Five? Because it's so cool. Yeah, and there's so know? many things in GTA Five you can do and you don't realize. Yeah, dude, I bet you I've done less than 2% of the stuff that's available in GTA Five. Yeah. Um, that's why you're still hating on it and you, you're just being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> no. I just updated it on uh, PCs. So oh, I no. might give it a whirl, but I do need to finish it do that together games first. No, see, because I've never played the single player. Oh, what? Okay, I finished the single player. I think I even finished it on PC. Uh, anyway, there's a there's a, just, a that, useless PS4 copy. I was gonna say there's a there's a depressing topic to talk about when it comes to <laughs> that game in particular. I have a PS3 copy, a PS4 copy, and a PC copy. Yeah, because you're addicted to the remakes. No, because someone freaking said to me, <laughs> "We're gonna play it on PS4. It's gonna be great." And I bought it on PS4 to do that, and then no one played it. Yeah, you. You know who you are. Um, I did the same thing. Yeah. Which is we, why it's in my stock. No, I think we both did it together. Yeah, and then yeah. we played it on PS4 together. And we're like, no one else is joining in. Do you want to play We also have PC? it on PC and it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it runs like it's better. Or well, for you, for me, it was like... It runs fine on a new graphics. Now on my new graphics card. but on my it up. Yeah, you stuck it up. I haven't, is... I haven't checked it out on my new screen, actually. So I'm going to go do that now. No, I'm. I'm going... I've got so much to do. Why do I keep giving myself more things to do? Um, so remakes. Yeah. It depends on the but, scenario. But you but didn't I... buy Red Dead Redemption again. You just had an old copy of it, which Funnily, I did buy it again. Oh. So you uh, waster. Courtney. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, Courtney. The person that we've worked with. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, she had a PS3 and she was just playing some old games and um, she saw Red Dead Redemption on my shelf and I had her booked in for a few days of editing mm. and uh this is my recollection of it anyway uh and then i said to her oh you've never played it um i'm never going to play my ps3 copy again like i can guarantee you 
but I said I said to her like I I'm only going to be weird about giving this to you because I have a like an intense emotional connection to this game but it plays terribly on the PS3 and I'll give you this and I'll go buy an Xbox 360 copy so that's what I did Oh, so it's a kind gesture. That's self self fulfilling kind gesture. You said I'm going to do something nice, stone. and then I'm going to buy it. Yeah, because I I wanted it, and then I knew at some point that I'd probably get an Xbox. At least it wasn't a waste. So, oh, dude, totally. Even if she's played like two hours of it, like uh, as long as she's enjoyed it. And the thing I found funny, the Xbox 360 copy that I got from uh, wherever I bought it, I don't remember. Oh, it might have been EB. <laughs> I think that was before my. And on EB, yeah. yeah, my EB list life, and um, the yeah, it still had the map inside, which I was quite surprised by for a pre-owned copy, and the disc was in really, really good condition. Because remember, it had that um, the world map. Yeah, because EB didn't really give a crap about disc quality. To a certain degree, they did, but sometimes they didn't. Yeah. You know what's so funny that we so so went off the beaten track. Oh look, there's a the map. Yeah, that's cool. I think I have that too, actually. Yeah, you, yeah. if you still have your copy, that's... Yeah, PS4 3 copy, obviously. Oh, look at the and picture. And on the other side, it's a poster. That was such a good... That story in the game was good. Ah, I love Bonnie. I, lo- I love Bonnie because it's was like... Good. You just have that weird sort of undercurrent of this, like, tension. And it's sort of like... I totally believe she has a crush, like a massive crush on John Mars. This is, what, this is how you read it. I don't know. I haven't played it long enough to know if any of that's true. Um, all right. Well, let's let's close that up because we're getting so... This is becoming Story. a podcast about... Redemption. Heads up display, multiplayer, all the concepts oh. explained. When do you see this shit anymore, man? Never. Because paper's expensive, Josh. It is. Ooh. Anyway, uh, yeah, bye. Bye. And uh, thank you for talking about remakes and Red Dead Redemption. This podcast is going to be called Remakes and Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption with Josh Lundberg. <laughs> with a question mark at the end. Yeah. Remakes yeah. and Red Dead Redemption? Redemption? <laughs> well, am I speculating? Maybe that's what I should call it. <laughs> am I speculating? All right, bye. So that's the podcast for today. Stay tuned as there are new episodes every single Thursday and don't forget to subscribe on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode, I want to give a special thanks to Josh Lundberg for coming back again and again. This podcast was produced and edited by me, Piotr Wasileski, and the music was acquired on the Filmstro website. Thanks very much for listening. See you next week.